we think of ourselves as people, even not just scientists. You know, I think when we create a vision for our life, that becomes like like a northern star. It becomes like a compass that is helping us sail the ocean. Because let's pretend we're sailors and we're on the ocean and we have learned the skills of how to sail a boat. But we have no freaking idea where we're going. So we're just sailing on this huge ocean all over the place. No direction. Nothing is guiding us. And we might end up just being stuck on the ocean the rest of our lives instead of getting to that beautiful paradise island with the coconut, right? Or whatever it is we want to experience in life. So that's why I say having a vision doesn't mean, doesn't equal a plan. The vision is kind of like a guide that is telling you, this is what I would like to experience in my life. This is how I would like to, you know, make a difference. Uh, as whatever your job is or career is. And then that becomes the thing that helps us make decisions along the way. Instead of going like, I have no freaking clue where I'm going. We jump on that ship with no compass. Nothing is guiding the ship. And then you're doing your PhD and you are just so lost. And you finish the PhD and you're still lost because there's still no compass. Welcome to this new episode of Papa PhD. Today, I have the great pleasure of having with me Amani Said. As a career coach and trainer, Amani is on a mission to empower as many scientists as possible in launching dream careers that are making an impact in our society. Today, Amani can confidently say she's created not only a dream career for herself, but a dream life living in Spain under the sun. But things were not always this shiny and great. Amani has had a very bumpy ride after getting her PhD in 2007 at the Max Planck in Dresden in Germany. She believes that back then that a PhD degree would magically attract all the opportunities along the way. Instead, she graduated into unemployment, confusion and feeling completely worthless. To make a very long and painful story short, after trying out many careers, countries and cities, she realized that what needed to change was not the job, but her. That is how the journey of personal development and coaching began. Working on her mindset and changing her habits was the key that helped her overcome most of her obstacles and achieve her personal and professional goals. This is so aligned with Papa PhD Yamani. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Who is this person? I would like to get to know her. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, David. That was a very nice introduction. Welcome again uh, here on Papa PhD. I think after your intro, people don't, don't have to question themselves about why you're here today. It's pretty clear. There's a, a mission and alignment with what I do week after week here on Papa PhD. But um, before we go on talking about your journey, maybe, yeah, if you can, if you would add one thing to this kind of picture of Amani say that I, that I did very quickly, what would be one thing that you'd add so people get to know a little bit more of who you are? Okay, let me just maybe add one detail because I am a nerd about personal development. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly doing it myself. I'm so constantly being coached and trained myself. I'm like, it's like once I stop, you know how the, the Pringles commercial. Once you stop, you can once stop. Once you pop, you can stop. There you <laughs> as soon as I discovered personal development, I just have not been able to stop. So recently, one of my coaches and trainers helped me gain even more clarity on what it is I want. And then these words just popped out of my mouth. And I was like, within the next 10 years, 
I'm going to empower 10 million scientists. And just saying it is like, <laughs> what? what? I'm going to do that? I'm going to empower 10 million scientists? But when I say that statement, it excites me so much. Why? Because as a scientist, as a former scientist, I think we're always scientists, right? Would you agree, David? I would agree. Always, yeah, once a scientist, always a scientist. I, I feel that we have so much to offer to society. Not that I'm trying to put us on a pedestal and say we're the smartest and the best, but you know the training we have, the resilience we develop, the expertise we we develop in our areas, and then the all these skills, you know, problem solving mm -hmm. and analytical abilities, and getting so used to failing all the time, <laughs> <laughs> right, can be put to so much use mm -hmm. to solve so many of these problems, and that is why I am so so determined to do the best I can, you know, while I'm alive to help as many scientists as possible. Mm -hmm. So th this is really the mission. The other part of my mission is to do it with joy. I mean, sometimes we go about our careers and our jobs and sometimes even life with stress, yeah. right? I think it's part of, the really mo part of an integral part of modern life uh, as it's been kind of built up in the last decades. Sure, <laughs> stress is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're listening to us and you resonate with that, like let us know in the chat. Yes, I feel you because I remember when I was a student, it was always like it was normalized to be stressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in my twenties and I was having neck problems and and I had to wear this neck thing. The doctor prescribed it mm -hmm. for six months in my twenties. Mm -hmm. And I was having insomnia and problem sleeping and backache and you name it, and all of that was stress related. Mm -hmm. And as a coach and trainer today, I, I meet young scientists all the time. Same thing is still going on. Same thing. People are, are putting themselves under so much stress. Yeah. So I think that's what I would love to do. I would love to help scientists do amazing science, launch amazing careers with joy. Mm -hmm. It can be actually fun. You can have fun while doing this. It's possible. And one more thing. Is it okay if I share one Yeah, more go thing? ahead. No, no, I'm liking everything you're saying. It's <laughs> also to do it as a community because I've also suffered a lot from that when I was a student. Isolation. And in yeah, like you've heard this probably, right? Uh, I, yeah. Maybe you experienced it too? Yeah, I've experienced it too, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and this is what I find so sad because we don't have to do this on our own. And actually, we know for a fact, everybody knows for a fact, that innovation happens in teams. Innovation happens in collaboration. Mm -hmm. and, and that goes for our careers and our lives and research, you know, everything. So I say let's, let's create communities that are supportive where you can create these amazing careers together. Mm -hmm. Not that you have to figure it out on your own. Like, I have to figure it out on my own, but, you know, don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. And uh, the image I usually uses the is to create a village for yourself of different people who who kind of support you in different ways but it, it's true that uh in my experience you know it, it, you can be around people in your phd for let's say but be low but, but be in some sort of solitude inside yourself and especially if you're dealing with anxiety with imposter syndrome and any other you know mental health related issues you can be physically around people, but you know, but living a, uh, an experience of solitude and, and of, of loneliness and of, um, of a lack of a, a social safety net in, in that yeah. aspect of, of 
co-creation. And I think it's a great, great point that you bring that up because it's true that, especially we're talking about the PhD, you know, mm-hmm. your thesis is your thesis and it's supposed to be you, your work, but mm-hmm. uh, you're not on an island doing a thesis. And I think that's, that's where you were going, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, to have these open conversations where we can share these things. You're absolutely right, because in academia, we can sit in meetings and we have other students and other postdocs. And we even had tons of parties. I mean, that's why I had so much fun during my PhD. It wasn't all just misery and pain. (laughs) I had the best time of my life at the same time while I was having the hardest time of my life. Same thing here. (laughs) I I think what was hard was this kind of facade that you have to put out that everything is good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm not struggling. Oh, I'm really smart. When you were like going around thinking, am I like the only stupid person in the room? <laughs> Why am I not understanding this? And then you might not dare to ask the question in the seminar or whatever, right? So just being able to talk about these, you know, doubts yeah. that we might have. And the funny thing is, you're thinking that, and so you're putting yourself as the one who's not understanding. But then if you were in the mind of, that other person, that other colleague, you know, everyone is kind of doing the same. And so everyone's kind of suffering for, for hiding something. And, and, you know, you wouldn't be alone uh, having uh, imposter syndrome, for example. And, and it, it yeah. is known, it is proved, it has been accounted, you know. Yeah, I've even heard it from people who are directors, from of group course. leaders, <laughs> from professors, so it, that only proves that it has nothing to do with that external success. You can be very successful and achieve uh, an amazing career, but you might still doubt yourself and your self-worth. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is what I love about the pandemic, by the way. I know like some people say, like, yeah, the pandemic was horrible, but I saw the transformation happening in my coaching and training sessions mm-hmm. with scientists. Because we had time to finally think and reflect and be in solitude, like it was forced upon us, yeah. We started like opening up and talking more about emotions, talking about how we felt. And when I started giving trainings then during the pandemic, people started sharing in workshops. And I tell you, these are like groups of 30 people. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a small intimate group, 30 people. And they were sharing in the chat, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like these are some of the thoughts they're struggling with. I don't think I'm smart enough. What if I fail? Everybody else seems to be much more successful than me. <laughs> and then when people started reading these these things in the chat, they just went like, oh, "Whoa!" Yeah, it's not only me. There are other <laughs> dealing with this too, right? Okay, it's not just me. <laughs> no, it it is true. It is true, and uh, and uh, I think that's why conversations like this are important. At least in my in my view, is to kind of normalize the fact that uh, we're all viewing the world through our like little you know little tunnel and it's easy to mis misinterpret or or assume things are going super well for everyone around us and it, and and not, and we're the only ones who somehow are lacking and it, it is totally not true everyone's on their path everyone has their challenges and uh, and then there's there's also another factor that I I kind of I don't really like factoring factoring it in but thinking back, no, it is there. It's, there's luck also, and and luck you can't really uh, chastise yourself 
because someone was was also around or people someone around you got lucky to publish here or there or publish faster or whatever so there's there's a lot of reasons to kind of take a step back and and relativize things and 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 say okay no th this is the experience there's challenges i'm going to deal with them and i i i shouldn't compare myself to people around me because i i can't be in their shoes and i don't know everything that's going on inside their heart inside their their minds and in their lives that is so true, David. So if you, if somebody here wants a shortcut to misery, compare yourself with other there people. There you go. <laughs> That's the easiest way to get miserable. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> if you want to avoid that, then yeah, that's the shortest cut to also feel better about yourself. I would say the best person to compare ourselves with is ourselves. You know, if I look at myself and my journey and the growth I've done just the past year, I can look at some of these videos I posted mm -hmm. on social media a year ago. And I go like, wow, I grew. <laughs> I've evolved. I've changed. Like the way I communicate, the way I show up, the way I, I feel. And then if I look, think back to my PSG, oh, my God, like we don't have to mention how, how long ago that is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> more than a decade <laughs> i'm like oh my god like it's another person it is and i think that's the comparison we should be doing mm -hmm. and then to look forward and ask okay this is where i am today in my career and in my life who do i want to grow into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is it that i want to become in the future and then based on that we can start making these decisions conscious decisions okay if I want to become more confident in communicating and having the courage to go live with David <laughs> in front of like God knows how many people might see this or hear this, what is it that I need to do mm -hmm. to feel more confident and secure in myself or practice communicating? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. But now I, I, I'm going to challenge that with something, which is I myself, now I, I, I believe in, I, you know, any, uh, the words that you're saying, I'm, inside myself saying yes 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 but if i go back to when i was in my phd i'm not sure that i i had the the wire you know that my antennas would even be mm -hmm. receptive to this message and this is actually a challenge that i've had talking with like new cohorts of students which is mm -hmm. this this um cognitive dissonance on their part of well i'm mm -hmm. starting this path to become a scientist you know, and eventually a, a, a researcher, a, eventually a tenured professor, you know, and eventually very recognized in my domain. And now you're talking to me about consider, considering my future career. Like, I want to focus on now. I'm, I just got to my program. I want to I wanna drink this culture and be fully immersed in it. And people like you, people like me, are always kind mm -hmm. of trying to say, find some time to invest on on this this aspect which is preparing for what is coming and which is unknown which you can you can mm. wish for some things but you'll see that the universe is going to point you different ways that you, today you can't you can't really know yet so mm. have you had because of your experience with your coaches have you had like breakthroughs on 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 bringing this message and on uh, on uh, actually enticing them to start early on this path of career projection and career building? Yes, yes. What a beautiful question. 
And I feel the same way. I'm always like, start early, start early. Like you can start, you should start in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, but then start we say, and then we say, well, I didn't, but I really want you to. And that's where I, that's why I, I'd like to know what, what you, what your findings yeah. are on that side. Okay. I want to zoom in even more. Can we do that? Oh, sure. And then we go go back ahead. Talking about scientists. But I think if we think of ourselves as people, mm -hmm. even not just scientists, mm -hmm. you know, I think when we, create a vision for our life that becomes like like a northern star it becomes like a compass that is helping us sail the ocean because let, let's pretend we're sailors mm. and we're on the ocean and we have learned the skills of how to sail a boat but we have no freaking idea where we're going so we're just sailing on this huge ocean all over the place no direction nothing is guiding us mm -hmm. And we might end up just being stuck on the ocean the rest of our lives instead <laughs> yeah. of getting to that beautiful paradise island with the coconut, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever it is we want to experience in life. So that's why I say having a vision doesn't mean, doesn't equal a plan. Mm -hmm. But a vision is kind of like a guide that is telling you, okay, this is really what I would like to create in my life. This is what I would like to experience in my life. This is what, how I would like to, you know, make a difference. Uh, as whatever your job is or career is, or maybe even as a father, you know, what's the difference mm. you want to make in children's lives? And then that becomes the thing that helps us make decisions along the way. Instead of going like, I have no freaking clue where I'm going. We jump on that ship with no compass. Nothing is guiding the ship. And then you're doing your PhD and you are just so lost. And you finish the PhD and you're still lost because there's still no compass. Mm -hmm. So I hope that metaphor makes sense, that if you have a vision, your PhD, postdoc, whatever, you can fill the gap with an X, mm -hmm. job, consultancy, whatever it is you're doing, is like the ship, the vehicle that is helping you go wherever you want to go in life. Yeah, It's not the end of it all. It's not the final destination. But this is the mistake we sometimes do. We start the job we start the phd and we just put all the effort there <laughs> mm -hmm. well, and we're encouraged to right we're encouraged to do that right well i mean but we also have to understand that the people who are encouraging us to do that they're benefiting a lot from us putting all our energy and effort only into research i totally get it unfortunately it's a little bit selfish <laughs> but they're be they're benefiting from it, right? Because mm -hmm. then you're putting in all the effort there. I find that really sad that we've normalized that. And until today, as a coach and a trainer, you know, I work for universities and institutes where I give trainings. And sometimes people show up to the trainings and we have these five to 10 weeks trainings sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing how people drop off. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're still prioritizing the research or the PI says, I want to talk to you. It's urgent. Everything is so freaking urgent of all course. the time. <laughs> <laughs> Data has to be ready now and analyzed now. And then what? These students or postdocs then still put their, their needs and their career work on the side because, no, this has to come first. And I have even a bigger example that is even worse. Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't mention the countries because I don't want to give any countries bad okay. reputation. <laughs> Let's keep the countries anonymized. No, it's an anonymous European country. But this organization is on a national level mm -hmm. that hired me to train 
200 scientists. Mm -hmm. And guess what they asked me? They said, can you please give the training as late as possible? Like maybe seven to eight in the evening. And I was like, really? Why so late? Oh, because many of these students don't want to tell their PIs that they're <gasps> attending career development training. Oh. And they cannot ask for the time, like two-hour training, oh, wow. to go away from the lab. And this was coming from the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's a culture, that, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> on a national level. And that's when my jaw dropped. And was like, how do you want things to change in academia? Mm. If this level, we're accepting that culture. Yeah, you're making it a clandestine operation. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's disheartening. But on another on another note and on an opposite note, you know, I've I've talked with uh, um, Harinder Singh, who is uh, oh my gosh, now I, I forget the university, but here in in the states, and uh, they, what they're doing, it's it's it kind of answers that need for not you know for not uh, disrupting the day of the uh, the research day of the person. But what they do is it's a lunch and learn type thing. They always do their their trainings with a like brown bag type thing where people bring their lunch and are doing their trainings at the same time. And I, th I thought that was really smart and simple way to, to have the, the PI say, ah, you know what? They have to, they, to eat their lunch anyway. I know it's not ideal because you're kind of sharing your attention, but, uh, but in a way, I think there's something there. It, but it's kind of sad to... to compromise, but still, what's the message? What's the underlying message? That your career and your future as a scientist is secondary. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. To first put the research and publishing and the benefits, because let's talk about facts and numbers. I mean, we're scientists after mm. all. What do the numbers say? That the majority are going to leave academia, yeah. whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the the there's also a big group of people who do not want to become professors. I mean, I'm one of the people who who pursued science for the love of science. Mm. I never had the thought. I want to become a professor or a group leader. I just loved doing research, mm -hmm. but I didn't think ahead. You know, I didn't have that compass. I was just like, oh, let's just do some fun experiments. <laughs> but I, so I mean, if we are not even allowed the space and the time and energy mm -hmm. to use this training, because it is a training, yeah. it's not a job, to, to take some of that time to, for our future yeah. and for our, for our benefits. As scientists. But you said something, and, and and you just said it right now. As scientists, and and this is this is an important point that I, I'm reflecting upon a lot lately, and and that I want to kind of bring into my messaging, which is, okay, I have tried to have this to have these conversations with early, you know, or early PhD researchers, and there's this disconnect because why are you talking to me about non-research careers when I'm just starting? And mm -hmm. I think the really important point is. Even if you just you you just want to consider your scientific career, this training is important because when you want to when you're going to want that good postdoc and and that mm -hmm. that good position as an as a I don't know how what's the the, the in Europe whatever the stages but of, of professorship you know you'll need mm -hmm. these skills and you know of course your you know your publications is going to be really important but then other people have a lot of publications too. And so having worked on, on this type of skills that you, that you talk about, and maybe let's go into that, you know, what, what, people can, what, what people learn when they work with you, 
but these types of skills mm -hmm. are going to be helpful for your scientific career also, right? Mm -hmm. And I also want to touch about, you know, the title of our conversation. I know we got it, got it, got it. We got the research culture, which is so important because if we don't get support from the culture and the environment we're in, it's difficult to work on your career. Of course. So I do see that is an important topic to, to at least have a conversation about. And people are starting to talk about it. So I see positive, positive changes happening. But, you know, I gave you the title, yeah. how do we can impact with our careers? Because I think so many times we also feel so lost because the focus is a lot on what's the job. You know, what is that specific job mm -hmm. that I'm going to do afterwards? And... And I see that there is this big gap between being a scientist and all of a sudden you have to make a choice of like, I don't know, a hundred different uh, career paths out there that you have no idea about mm -hmm. what they're like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that people feel confused. So that is why I say, instead of asking, what is the job? I think we should ask early on, what is the impact I want to create as a scientist? Very good point. Because then during our training, we are figuring out what are the skills I need to develop to make that impact happen. So if you say the impact, and I don't know when you discovered that you want to do this, this contribution, when was that? Like Papa PhD? Yeah. It was um, 2019 and it was after a bunch of conversations with students and seeing that, that these questionings and these doubts were always there. So it was like three years ago almost. Uh, well, it's going to be three years in, in, the, in July. Yay, congrats. <laughs> and it's such a beautiful thing to do. Wouldn't you agree? When you feel you're oh, yeah. offering something that people need, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's so satisfying. It's so fulfilling. And I think this is what people should be asking mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of what job I want. What, is, what are the abilities that I have that will help people out there? That there are actually real life problems out there. Mm -hmm. Like what are the problems that I'm excited about? or that maybe frustrate the hell out of me, mm -hmm. but I want to go out there and I want to solve them, you know? So, I mean, I've, I have people share this in the trainings, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like some people say, I really want to help increase science literacy because this pandemic mm -hmm. shows that there, like, there are big there gaps. Yeah. <laughs> right. People don't even know what a virus and vaccine is and how the immune system works. So yeah. Or just awareness about a specific topic. Like I know a lot of mothers struggled mm. during the pandemic as well, right? Of like course. they had to deal with kids and the household and, the, and they still had to do their research. Yeah. And then some of these women are telling me in the trainings, I want to support women. I want to make sure that women can have the same opportunities and have a family that you don't have to choose either or. Mm -hmm. And then you have scientists who are starting to see the lack of diversity that, oh, it's only maybe a certain skin color or a certain group of people who get the jobs yeah. or get the publications or who get to succeed. And that's why so many people are now involved in diversity and inclusiveness. So I say start asking those questions mm -hmm. instead of, am I going to be a consultant or R&D or a, a teacher or whatever it is? What is that problem that you really want to help solving? Mm -hmm. And then you can find out, okay, in which role can I do that? Mm. 
because you'll be able to do that in many different roles. It doesn't. It's not going to be just one job that is going to help you do that. Mm-hmm. No, does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. It does make a lot of sense. The thing is, uh, I'm thinking, uh, you know, as as a as a scientist, as a young researcher, how that translates, and and this makes me feel that this questioning should start early on, like when you choose your masters, when you choose your PhD, you know, to to really find an alignment with this mission or this kind of vector that you want to go towards and that you've mentioned. Um, so again, the, the the message again is start early, right? <laughs> think think about these things early on. Yeah, start early, but also let it evolve because I this is the other thing I see that people want things black and white. Mm. It's like, what is it I'm going to do? And I want to know now. <laughs> and then they want to have almost like a guarantee that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love the German language. If you do, you speak German. Ambition. Ambition. So the 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 word for success in German is Erfolg. Erfolg, okay. And the word for failure in German, do you know the, the word? Ah, uh, no. It's so funny when you hear it, Miss Erfolg. Miss Erfolg. <laughs> interesting. Well, this is what happens. Miss, 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 miss. <laughs> you keep you keep missing until you Erfolg. Erfolg. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> But this is also how we do research, by the way. It is. So why why do we expect that as soon as we graduate, we're going to st- go straight into ultimate success mm-hmm. after the PhD or postdoc? No. We're going to have to experiment. We're going to have to fail. And that is why I want to touch upon another thing that is so important that will help besides having a vision mm-hmm. and besides asking what is the problem I can help solving, we also want to work on our mindset. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have that mindset of a learner, of like, I'm okay with failing, getting up again, failing, getting up again. Or if I struggle with the idea of uncertainty, what if this job is not the one for me? (laughs) What if I'm going to be miserable? What if? And then all these what ifs, what happens? They stop you from taking action. They freeze you in place. They freeze you. So I, if you ask me what is the number one thing I help people with, it's that. Because as soon as you like unblock mm-hmm. people's like, I call it like a fixed mindset, right? Either it's fixed, mm-hmm. like this is how it is. And you just like, whoop, you remove the blocks. And then all of a sudden you, you start growing your mindset and you have more of like a, a perspective that is open for different scenarios. And you go like, yeah, I might take this path. It might not be the right one for me. Mm-hmm. But I'll try it out, and along the way, I will adjust. Yeah, it's true. Plus, I think today things are changing at such a fast pace that your the job that you're going to end up in may not exist today the way it will be the day the day you, you get the job. So thinking t- mm-hmm. too much about what choice am I going to make, I, I do think, and this is part of my, actually, it's interesting because it really aligns with my, my reflections lately, which is I think introspection is the key the key factor because of all these multiverses that might happen that you don't know at all what, what what's going to come out the one variable that's going to that you have control on is you and especially this part <laughs> this part and i love asking this question it always makes people go like huh? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead i was like how often do you brush your teeth you brush your teeth in the morning yeah and it, it, and in the evening, yeah. 
Why do you do that? Dental work is painful and, uh, and it can be, depending on where you are, expensive. And so if you can do a little thing every day to ensure that uh, it's going to make you, you know, make you healthy for a long time and not suffer these things, well, you do that little day-to-day investment and, and it, it's worth it to me. Did you just hear what David said? Just a day-to-day investment to keep that dental health important. <laughs> yeah. But I want, guys, I want you guys to replace one letter here. And maybe you, David, hmm. you already know. I don't know what that could be. <laughs> Which letter could it be that is going to help know. you guys? Life? Mental health, of course. <laughs> what do we do about that? Nada. No, well, we we relegated to second to second or third place, and and we sometimes let it fester, and blah blah blah, and then and then it comes back to bite us later on, and we we burn out, etc. 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 Yeah. Well, I just saw a post on LinkedIn by Mental Health. Uh, what's it called? This organization, Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Yeah. It's for academics by academics. And the statistics were saying uh, scientists or PhDs run six times higher chance of having depression, anxiety. So mental health is a big, big issue. Mm-hmm. But I say before we reach depression and anxiety and burnout, and I was there, I've been there. Like before, we need to have those daily <laughs> things, maintenance. Yeah. Like we are, we are so dedicated, all of us. I think this is on a global level that people brush their teeth. What, that, what I know. <laughs> okay. But then how many people have daily rituals to maintain their mental health? Yeah. Uh, I would imagine not a lot. And I think everybody would agree with me and hopefully David too, that what's more important, our teeth or our mind? Like what's going to have the bigger impact on our lives? Oh yeah, the mind for sure, the, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but then, but then there's, but then there's a question of stigma around it, and there's a question of not wanting to again because people compare themselves, you know. And then mm-hmm. you were saying it's the it's the shortcut to misery, but uh, you know, not wanting to appear weak, and you know, and and the the the, the performance culture that often exists does, I think, help or contribute to the fact that people sweep it under the carpet and say okay no I'm I'm not going to show this or or if I do uh, you know it's they, there's there's shame or etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh, I do think it's really really important and uh, it, I'm so happy that you that you brought that up because you know I had to deal with it at the end of my PhD and uh, there's statistics out there of of the prevalence of these issues in in the young researcher community so i think it's it is really really important but but uh, maybe you were going yeah. to talk about what's the the mind brush that we that we can use for that oh yeah oh i love that question <laughs> absolutely there are so many things you can do okay i'm gonna cover like some simple things that you can start practicing today go ahead okay you know you don't need to go to psychologist or therapy or you know do like childhood trauma analysis, <laughs> just start doing these simple things. And that already helped me and it helps a lot of people. Okay. Mm, she's drawing something. I'm drawing. I like to draw. Mm. Oh, but this is not going to be great for the I'll, podcast, I'll, people. You have- I'll try to make it work. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this big sheet of paper, that's our life. It's a big sheet of white paper. And on that big sheet of paper, there is what, David? One big red spot. Okay. This big red spot, these are your problems. Mm-hmm. 
all the problems and all the issues you have and then the faults you have, you know, that I don't know, that you don't do yoga or whatever, whatever it is that you should be doing. Okay. Yeah. So what happens if every day you are focusing on this spot? What happens? Uh, you, you only see red. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's what happens exactly to us in our lives. Mm -hmm. Because when we're putting our focus on the problems with the project, on the problems with the PI, the problems with what am I going to do next? I'm paralyzed. The problem, the problem, the problem. I want So you create this negative loop because where focus goes, expansion happens, mm -hmm. right? You're going to see more of that. You're going to feel more of those things. So I'm not asking people to live in denial, but I want you to see the bigger perspective because this is our life. And the bigger, bigger perspective of our lives has a lot of good things in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. Right? It is. So I would say gratitude is an amazing thing to start practicing. So there are many ways you can do that. You know, one thing I teach people is to celebrate daily wins. Mm -hmm. I just every day, like celebrate a win. Like my win today, I got to talk to David. Yay! <laughs> And I even like celebrated with an anchor. Like I have these things. And whenever something cool happens, I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah. and then what happens? Like you, you laugh, your energy was out. So yeah. I say become really good at managing your energy. And you do that by putting your focus on the things that are working, the things you want more of in your life and in your project, focus more on mm -hmm. that. And then that's how also you start identifying solutions. Mm -hmm. so celebrate daily wins practice gratitude focus on what you want that's a very very basic mindset ritual you can do every day the other one because i've been doing personal development for many years and really the reason why i started with personal development was because i was miserable you know and i was looking for some kind of rescue and i thought like you know for years i had been like changing jobs changing careers mm -hmm. changing countries changing cities like oh like oh maybe if i'm in a relationship i'll be happier or maybe if i have this job i'll be mm -hmm. happier maybe if i live in this country i'll be happy mm -hmm. and i and i realized at some point it wasn't like these external things that i had to change i had to change that my perspective on life had to change on myself on other people how i relate to other people so what I've heard over and over and over again from all the teachers in personal development, they say that meditation is probably the best daily ritual you can mm -hmm. do. The best. And it's not to become a Buddhist monk or, you know, has nothing to do with becoming super zen out or spiritual or religious. But it's literally, there's research on it that it really helps like to, to improve our cognitive abilities. It, it improves our health, like your immune system mm -hmm. improves, right? With the parasymptomatic nervous mm -hmm. system, right? The breathing, all of that. Like just try it out for two minutes. You, you've done it. I've, Have you done I, it? I, do, I do it daily, actually, too. You do, there you go. Oh, another one. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. And I would say that would be the daily version of brushing your teeth. The daily version of brushing your teeth for mental health is meditation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I I can't agree more because it it I I know at least that for me it it does work. And uh, the yeah. the thing that that 
might be a, a challenge is that people might associate it, like you said, with the religion or this or that. And and I kind of want to sum up all of all of what you said, starting with the, the that page that that page with the red dot and finishing on the meditation. And I think for if you know for you it could be knitting. You know, it could be something else than than a formal whatever meditation technique. But it's anything that allows you to stop your the, your uh, your mind from sending you these like repetitive stressing messages. If you if you have a way mm-hmm. in your life that you can do that, if you can mm-hmm. take some steps back and see the the big picture and and say a PhD is like three years of my life that's going to be hopefully 120 years. You know, you can you can say, "Well, I'm suffering this now. It's difficult, but it's a learning process. I'm growing through this, and it's not gonna, yeah. you know, it's not a threat to my life. And um, and you know, the fact that everything doesn't go right, well, it's part of the process. But but if you have your your head in it, it's really hard to to think like this because mm-hmm. you're just seeing what's in front of your face. And if you if you find if you you have something in your life that allows you to Take a step back and 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 relativize relativize everything, uh, and it could be also being part of a community of some sorts that's not related to your research. And it could be so for some people it's it's sports, for some people it's a, a theater uh, a theater um, group or something. Uh, I I, t- I totally yeah. totally agree with you. If you step back and see the whole sheet of paper, then you can say, oh, it's yeah. just a dot. It's not it's not everything. Yeah. I, I really really love it. And that's it goes for any problem. And most of our problems are temporary, by the way. Exactly. So another way to say to see it as like this will pass, you know, this will pass. Mm-hmm. And I love this a quote that I read just before getting on this podcast with you by Denzel Washington. Oh. Somebody posted it on LinkedIn as well. I spend way too much time on LinkedIn, <laughs> by the way. If anybody ever wants to find me and talk to me, go to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, so the quote by Denzel Washington was that a bird doesn't doubt whether the branch is going to hold, like, weight, mm-hmm. right? Like, the bird stands on the branch. But it's not afraid that it's going to break because in the case a branch breaks, what? The bird is trusting its own wings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not putting all its trust in the branch. And I love that quote because it, it shows that that's why personal growth and personal development is so important. Because when we grow the strength of our wings, if we're going to use that metaphor, even if the PhD goes really bad mm-hmm. or we get fired or we lose our jobs or, you know, we get sick or whatever, you know, life throws at us. You know, we have developed this strength, the inner strength to deal with these mm-hmm. things. That's true. And that's why I think personal growth, personal development, whatever you want to call it, mental health is, is something we should all be learning from childhood, mm. you know, how we grow as people so that whether, whether it's career, health, family relationships, we can, you know, deal with whatever challenges might come there. Yeah. And, and maybe to, to kind of finish our conversation and uh, I, I maybe wanted, I maybe like to go back to, to, um, based on what you said one thing that can undermine that and kind of and kind of put it in 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 peril or in jeopardy that feeling of you know i i, I should trust myself is uh imposter syndrome and the feeling of not belonging and of uh 
oh, uh, I somehow, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I got into this program, but I'm not as good as everyone else. Do you have a, like a, a last mm. word for people who are, who are listening to us and saying, yeah, yeah, but you know what? I'm just not good enough. And I, I actually, I, I don't know how I got, I got here. I don't deserve to be here. You know, do you have any, any word of, uh, uh, of, of wisdom for based on your experience for people who are going through those feelings? And I know a lot of people go through those feelings. I have so many, but I don't think people are going to like this one. And this is, I think this is the first one I'm going to share. It's the first time I'm going to share this one in public. And I just had this recently when I went for a walk. But it's also based on my personal experience. And that's why I want to share it. I think the time when you're having these kind of days and you're like, poor me and everything is so hard and I'm a failure and I'm not good enough. Again, the focus is a lot on me, like me as a person. So I want to invite you then to do this. I want you to flip the M upside down. (laughs) Just turn that M upside down into a we. And then we can start looking at other people and say, okay, I'm having a bad day, but maybe I can help somebody today. Maybe I can help a neighbor. Maybe I can help David. Maybe I can introduce David to somebody that I know. Like just go out there and do some good for other people. And I know this sounds a little bit like, you know, the Mother Teresa kind of talk, like go and help people. Mm. But literally for me and for lots of people that I know and I've coached and I've trained, it is the shortcut to fulfillment and happiness when you feel you're able to give something mm. on a daily basis, even if it's just a smile and making somebody feel better on that day. So I know you asked me one question um, that I haven't been able to address today, but I want to share it sure. because I know we're running out of time. And I'm, like, I'm not sure if you're going to ask it because, the, David, you asked me like if there are three strategies. Before that, so people, stay on because... Amani is going to share some really important points. But before she does, one way to, to, to turn me into we is to contact other people and to create a, a, a larger network. And right now yes. we're on this podcast. We're kind of in a we thing because we're in someone's ears who's, who's kind of listening to our conversation. But if this someone wants to reach out to Amani, So as I've mentioned uh, several times here in our interview, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So I would say connect. If you follow, that's like a one-way conversation, okay? I don't Mm -hmm. get to see you. You get to see me. So I say if you want to connect, if you want to really build relationships on these social platforms, connect. Send me a personal message because I would like to get to know you, not just have you like as another number in my Mm -hmm. nine-minute network. And yeah, you can check out my website. You can check out, you know, all the, the normal social media channels. But I do have a little gift. I don't know if you can share that, David, with everybody. The website is successbeyondthelab, in one word, dot com. And uh, on Twitter, it's successbtl. Share the, the gift and I'll try to add it in here. Go ahead. For those of you who are listening, it's simply yes. successbeyondthelab.com forward slash personal branding. Why? Because personal branding is the best way to make an impact in other people's lives. That would be like a whole other conversation maybe we can do another time in the future. But if you ask me, if there is one thing you want to learn to build an amazing career while 
making a difference, it's personal branding. And combine mm -hmm. that with building a network, boom, you got it. <laughs> That's it. It's so launched. perfect. And I, it's it's so interesting because I, I'm I've just given a presentation on precisely that subject, and uh, and uh, yeah, I do think it's it's the key for a lot of these issues to disappear. So successbeyondthelab.com forward slash personal branding all in one word. And there's a gift there for you. Now, Amani, we've, we've uh, well, there's this gift, which is a surprise even for me. I, I'm loving it. Uh, people now know LinkedIn, best way to, to talk with you. Uh, they can also find you and just follow you on other platforms. And now let's let's then share these three these three ways uh, the, or these three strategies people can follow to uh, to have more impact, mm -hmm. right? In 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 what they do with their career. So everybody, pay attention and grab your paper and pen. I want you to write this down. There are three very simple strategies, but the power comes when you implement it, right? That's usually the hard part. The hard part is implementing the, the, the smart stuff we hear sometimes online. So the first one is you want to create a career vision. Remember that compass I talked about earlier? You want to create a mm -hmm. career vision that is so inspiring, it's going to pull you forward. Even when you're having the worst day of your PhD or postdoc, like you know what it is that you are working towards, what you want to create. And that same vision is also going to be the vision that's going to help you overcome your fears. You know, the fear of what are other people going to think of me, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the mm -hmm. fear. Like, just think of it when Columbus and all these people went out there and explored the world. Like, they went out there. They didn't know what's going to happen. But their vision to discover the world overcame the fear of maybe dying, right? So that's the kind of vision you want. Number one, create a vision that is really inspiring. Second, D David just mentioned it here, like expand your network. Mm -hmm. If you want to go, there's this African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. invest time in creating a beautiful network of people you really want to exchange value and ideas with and be part of a community of people who maybe have the same values and the shared goal with you. So you can co-create together. That's the second one. People are important. Of course. <laughs> and the, the village. One, the third one is to create an action plan so that vision of yours becomes reality. You don't just want to have it like in your head or on a vision board. You want to have an action plan. What are you going to do the next 30, 60, 90 days to get closer and closer towards that vision? What are the goals you want to achieve? And then you want to keep taking what? Action. N, perfect. <laughs> the reason why this N is wrong, like I did it's on purpose. Oh, it's upside down. Yeah, well, it's the wrong way up. Yeah. It's on purpose because so many people get fixated on perfectionism. I say, yeah. I, want, I want you to take imperfect action. I want you to, to do things even when you're not sure, is this the right way to do it? Just go and do it. Go and do it mm -hmm. and do it consistently and keep taking these imperfect small action steps and you will get there. You will get there. Mm -hmm. I, I, really, I really love it. And uh, I think it's a, a great, great, great way to, to finish our conversation. I, I was thinking of trying to sum up what you said and I think you just did. So uh, people... Uh, I, I think just if you if you didn't have a pen and paper, pick it up, 
rewind a little bit and and uh, and take notes. Um, I think this really really resonates with with my reflections and, and with the, the the message I want to bring to the listeners. And uh, and I do think that thinking, trying to think about what are the opportunities for me out there, you know, what are, you can lose a lot of energy and uh, and you can actually give yourself a lot of stress going at it that way mm-hmm. and the way that amani shared today which is the way of introspection the way of uh of of long term vision i think is one that will will keep you you know it's like having a like like she said I, I don't even have to change the image it's like having a compass during a storm there can be a storm but the compass is is pointing north and it's going to help it's going to help you day to day minute by minute because you can always you know comfort yourself knowing okay this is everything's shaky but i'm pointing north and and uh, and i, I just i just want to thank you for that image and for all that you brought today around that image that i think is is really really uh important and i and i really want to commend also the fact that you brought up mental health i think uh and i i believe deeply that anything that helps you be uh uh not be overly stressed because some stress you know there's the you stress you've heard about this expression of you stress of so good stress is is important to move us forward but once it's getting your mind uh going in loops and it's becoming uh, um, deleterious to you then it's it's not good and i do think meditation can be one way and is one way that works it doesn't work for everyone but again like i also mentioned there's other ways people find to to find this zone Okay, find your way to connect with yourself. That's really the key. It's yeah. like having that connection with yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Amani, uh, this is uh, this is the end of, of our conversation. I, I really want to thank you for having uh, been here today, and uh, I, and I'm really really happy that we connected. And like like you say, connections are important, and and end up bringing up things that uh, that we don't expect and that are very positive. But uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for having been here today. I really hope people will listen, will take note, and will engage in the conversation, and will you know reach out to you, reach out to me, and and ask for maybe for a little more clarification on this point or that point, because there's so much encapsulated in what we talked about that that you know we could have two, three more more conversations for sure. <laughs> Easily, easily. I want to celebrate you, David. Is that how you say it in Portuguese, yeah, David? David? Yeah. <laughs> obrigada, obrigado. I don't know the Do grammar. <laughs> well, it, uh, obrigado For, is, is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I want to celebrate you because this is so important and keep up the amazing work. So this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amani. For everybody out there who's fighting hard to do a PhD and who's really trying to make a difference, you know, in the research and in the science, like keep it up. I want to celebrate you too. This one is for you. (laughs) (laughs) Amari, I love it. Uh, Again, thank you so much. This has been great. And uh, and all the best for your projects. And uh, and I, I really... I will find that the people who work with you uh, are very uh, are blessed and lucky to have you on their side to teach them all these things and to help them uh f- you know face all of this in a more positive way and to end up having having an impact not only on society at large but on their lives too and uh, and I think it's important to have that some that someone feels that they do have the power of impacting their own life because one of the things is so- 
you can also feel like you're just you know if you you're in a storm and you're kind of being taken left and right and uh, i think you the, your approach is one of taking control of your own ship and uh taking it north so thank you let's go enjoy enjoy the journey have fun <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests. Papa PhD.